calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in America, it's the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the natural products industry. It's Episode 84, Stress Management for the End of Days. Oh, yeah. I'm here with Dana. Hi, Dana. Hi. Hello. How's your stress? Oh, you know, it's um, it's up and down. Yeah. I mean, my wife has spent a few sleepless nights after some tweets by elected officials and their families. That's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a stressful time. It feels like... It feels like the end of something, and my friend is actually pretty smart, so he says, it's not really the end of something, it's the start of the end of something. <laughs> That's what you're feeling. So uh, anyway, we'll talk about that in just a second. I'm going to say thank you. I've gotten a number of five-star reviews on a bunch of different platforms lately, so keep up that great work, but make sure that you don't just click the five stars. You write a couple words down. The written reviews are freaking awesome when I see them. Uh, so please help stroke my ego. It's it's really what sustains me here. So um, <laughs> I figure we'll start with weight loss and then we'll talk about COVID. So I wanted to talk about some stuff. So, uh, you know, I said my birthday kind of did the damage that I was hoping it wouldn't do. You know, my my party put a little bit of a block up in my goals. So I recalibrate and said, all right, I'm going to set a new goal to drop the last 10 pounds of my journey here by 1215. So December 15th. And it's proving to be quite difficult. Um, I think in order for me to move the needle, I'm going to have to start incorporating regular cardiovascular exercise as I had as a young and because like I'm disciplined, but I'm kind of also a little bit loosey goosey. And I'm not saying this just so you guys can hear me talk about my silly weight problems, but you know, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to break down and analyze these thought patterns, the conditioning, the processes that are getting in the way of me going from undisciplined Neil back to disciplined Neil, and then all of the subverting that your body does to try to drag you back down to undisciplined, right? (laughs) So like my head, it's really nuts. Um, I'm hearing it. It's like, you've had enough salads. Why don't you try a sandwich, right? When I'm ordering my lunch or Mm -hmm. you don't have time to get the healthy breakfast, just grab a burger, you know? Mm. And so like, I, I unfortunately went to Panera to get breakfast cause I'm like, I, I can get it quick and it ended up not being quick, but it's like, they serve it on a big old bun. And I'm like, that's, that's like a drug, you know, like the bread that's over there. Right. And you know, yeah, oh, it is good. <laughs> and my, and my brain's like, you know, so what if you eat a little extra, you're good most of the time. So these are the thoughts they creep in and it's really, really subversive crap right? (laughs) Yeah. Our conversation today is about our evil brains and stress. And I really think it's, it's like sugar is almost like a virus. It's almost like COVID, right? It infects you. You eat something high in sugar. And then even if a week goes by, you still have those cravings. You're like, I want some more sugar. So I let sugar in for my birthday. Now all those cells that were like doped out and feeling great because of that hit are like, you are an a-hole for not letting more sugar in here right now, you know? 
And, and that's a hard, it's a hard thing to fight because literally they're all orchestrating against you and it's you against all these, you know, billions of cells. It's like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because like for women, or I guess I'll just speak for myself, but I imagine that a lot of women can relate to this at different points during your reproductive cycle. It's like a lot easier, like way easier to control your cravings. And I find that it's best to start, you know, like a new discipline regimen, whether it's um, like exercising more, watching what you eat, even changing like your sleep patterns a little bit, like right after your period passes and your hormones are leveling out, it's really easy to stay in control. And then, you know, four weeks later, when your hormones are out of control, you have set those new habits for a few weeks now, and it's a lot easier to contain it. But for guys, even though it's been shown that you do have hormonal cycles, I don't know how you track them. So good luck to you guys. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I think it's just a a constant thing. It's definitely harder to be a guy anyway, but you know, whatever. Oh yeah. It's uh, (laughs) tragic. I don't know how you guys live with those things. Oh yeah. So it's, don't let the vampire in and, and you'll, you'll do really well when it comes to this weight loss stuff. And just know that it's a constant fight with your brain, especially if you have the tendencies, you have the hormonal stuff, all of that stuff is fighting against your intentions, which is to be healthier. So it is, it is not easy, no matter how many uh, folks out there are trying to sell you the answer that's easy. It is not. Um, so Moving on, talking about COVID, um, the big there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Um, but let's start with yours. Like, wh- what do you want to talk about with COVID? Oh well, I saw this study. It's sort of obvious to me, but there was a study done in India, I believe, where uh, mothers were reporting just like way more anxiety and insomnia, like insomnia or anxiety-based insomnia due to COVID. Mm. And it was, I think about 30% of women had seen a spike in insomnia and they had seen it in their children also. But conversely, there were 12% of mothers who were reporting that their kids were actually sleeping better during the lockdowns, maybe because they didn't have the stress of waking up to go to school. But, you know, it's a like it, not too involved, but I just thought that was interesting to note. Yeah, I mean, actually, has spiked. one of the thi- oh, yeah, I mean, everything spiked. I saw suicides went up and I saw alcohol and people are smoking cigarettes more like that's cool again. I, I don't know. Yeah, so, I know. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, coping mechanisms that are going around. And we've talked about a number of different ways that people will cope with this situation. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of it is unhealthy, you know. Um, so actually I'll, I'll talk about one of the things I wanted to say was about the neurological manifestations of COVID either during or after and neurology.org has this published there and basically confusion happens 53% of the time. So almost one in two chance, flip a coin, you'll either have confusion during COVID or for some period after, uh, impaired Mm -hmm. consciousness happens 40% of the time agitation 30% of the time. So just more irritable and finally strokes 20% of the time from COVID. So do not, do not get this damn thing. It is (laughs) not a respiratory illness. Those all seem, you know, like they just fall right in line. The confusion, if you're deprived of oxygen, I can see Mm -hmm. you being confused. And there's, you know, so much evidence to say that this is like a blood disorder rather than a, a, 
um, respiratory disorder right. and strokes were like the, you know, they came out of nowhere and they were hitting people our age. And it's because there was like, you know, random clotting or something. I don't totally remember what it was, but yeah. all of those symptoms make sense based on the, you know, the mush that is my brain right now is trying to remember all the studies that I read. <laughs> Another thing that came up, we have two deaths recorded from reinfections now in the U.S., which is a very interesting and disheartening thing. Hopefully, um, we'll understand that more as time passes. Uh, but that's scary, and it says to me that our our entire focus should be not on vaccines, uh, but it should be on first testing and then second treatment. Um, mm. So some sort of preventative thing upon diagnosis, but testing. Uh, this is my new swan song or does that even make sense this is my new thing this is like what i'm making my new thing uh whatever yeah i'm the i want us to call our representatives right now pick up the pause and well listen to what i have to say and then call right so you need to speak to your state and national representatives and tell them you want fast accurate and non-invasive testing that is the only way out of this for me. I feel like this is going to go on for a long time based on the way smarter people saying this is going to be here for a long time, especially based on our current response rate. And the mm. only way out of this, the only way I can see a restaurant ever surviving is the them having the ability to test people at the door if they have COVID. And if they do, they can turn them right around and send them home. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. uh, where, and otherwise everybody inside, you know, still should follow the rules. Um, uh, but they, they will feel much more confident and comfortable. And in fact, if we had such a test, imagine just testing the entire country every day for a week, every day for two weeks, right? Then we can identify who the real folks are, quarantine the snot out of them. And then we would almost eradicate the thing. Right. So yeah. I feel like um, this comes from my pandemic board game uh, training, but, but that's kind of what I would say is that testing needs to be our, our first priority. So you, sh you individually should be pushing this to the folks that are making these decisions. Um, also, I posted something on my Facebook page, which was uh, a Reddit thing that I thought was great. It's like the Swiss cheese paradigm. <laughs> so basically, oh, yeah, I saw that. I don't remember it. Yeah. It's like the idea is that folks are saying, you know, masks don't work and social distancing doesn't work. And it's the childish mentality to say it doesn't work. Right. We know that things aren't 100% effective and aren't perfect. We don't want that. So what they're suggesting is that each intervention is a piece of Swiss cheese. So there's a hole, right? And there's an opportunity mm -hmm. for stuff to kind of get through. But if you stack a bunch of pieces of Swiss cheese, there's a really small likelihood that it'll be able to penetrate all of that, right? Because it's going to bump yes. into some cheese at some point and not a hole. So, you know, I remember the diagram now. Right. Yep. Social distancing and all the stuff that we've talked about, contact tracing, wearing a mask, all of it. Right. And so, and so my new motto was wear cheese, not mask. So if you put Swiss cheese on as a mask, you should be good, I guess. Is the you know, mentality. that actually leads into this. Um, I'm trying not to swear, but like a bull crap mm -hmm. gotcha journalism type thing. I think it was something like 80% of the infections we're seeing now were people wearing masks. And I saw a lot of friends on Facebook and Twitter run with this. But one of the things that it didn't highlight, and especially the headline did not highlight, is that all of these people had gone to restaurants and dined indoors. Yeah. And it also didn't account for people who were not covering their noses properly or who were like keeping it around their chins 
you yeah. know, for like upwards of 15 minutes when they'd be out. Right. The chin diapers. Yeah. And I got in, of course, got into an argument with people online about this. Like, this is so misleading. And I don't know why you would even like, what, what is the point of this? Because it's still wrong. The information is wrong. You didn't show me. You didn't show all of us who believe the science. Like, all you did is make yourself look like an idiot and piss me off. A lot of peacocking out there. A lot of chirping. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, I think that um, this is a silly, this is so silly, like even having the conversation, right? So, um, all right. So I just want to, because we beat this up enough. Um, One last thing, blood type, there's more and more information there. Type O folks have lower risk of initial infection and a reduced likelihood of severe outcomes. And the opposite is true for types A and AB. So that's an interesting Mm -hmm. finding that I thought went way back to the beginning of this thing. Some of the early stuff said that some people just for whatever reason were doing better. And I really think it it has a lot to do with blood type. So I'm excited about that. All right. And then one more public service. First time we brought it up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. One more public service announcement here. Uh, Vote for goodness sake. Vote like your life depends upon it because I really think it does. I want you to vote early if you can. I think that's a a great thing because not everybody can get off uh, on election day. It should be a national holiday. It should be made that everybody has equal opportunity to vote. There should be a a, a polling place Mm -hmm. plethora so that way everybody can vote and not have to wait in long lines like we afford here in upstate New York, uh, vote in person. I'm, I'm, I'm changing my mind from the mail-in thing. I think there's just too much chicanery afoot. I think was one of the, uh, words that was swinging around, uh, mm-hmm. use that Swiss cheese me- methodology for COVID protection and you will be safe. Just keep your distance and stand there and vote in person. It is a very, very important time for all of us. And it's one totally way, agree. it's one way that you can be less stressed. So let's get into it. Yes. Stress. If you haven't guessed this by now, I have uh, a lot of folks asking for my advice on stress (laughs) and they say I'm stressed out and I can appreciate what they're saying. But the first thing I want to do here is to teach you the listener that I really don't know what you're really asking me when you say you're stressed out. Okay. So this is also probably what your doctor, your pharmacist, your big mouth in your life is thinking as well. It's like, well, what the heck does that mean? You're stressed. So I want to give you some clarity and then you can give them that clarity. And then the treatment is pretty clear from there, right? So just clarity all about. So stress affects us all in a bunch of different ways. So you can say I'm stressed and some folks are nervous, right? They get panicky, they get anxious, they're on edge, Some people get short-tempered, right? So this is me in my normal state because I'm in constant state of high stress juggling four LLCs and all this stuff that I do, right? So I get a bit bitey uh, earlier than normal, right? Especially if any little reservoir I have is used up, right? Are you Mm. tired? A lot of folks with stress are just tired, but that in and of itself can be unpacked a bunch, right? Are you tired at specific times of the day? Yeah, I I can't make it past two o'clock without drinking four cups of coffee. Do you not have that endurance to get through the entire workday or the entire day in general? Do you feel like you need to take a nap? Are you falling asleep when you should be awake and vice versa, right? And then along with that, how are you sleeping? Are you falling asleep easily? Are you waking up in the middle of the night? Is that causing you a problem? Or are you waking up early? 
And so, you know, like one of the best ways that I describe how I feel about stress most times is uh, like, I feel like an unsheathed electrical cord. That's like, oh, the, that's, good yeah, that's a good one, right? Cause you feel like yeah. that raw kind of like you touch it and it's going to hurt, you know, kind of a thing. And so stress manifests in a number of different ways. And so step one in our management of stress is identifying specifically what we're dealing with because it will be different. And the reason that we have to say this is because there's so much chaos there. If you look at what options you have for managing stress, there's a million different combinations with a million different ingredients. And we'll get to the clarity around that, but you have to really identify what, what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. So if I had to do that with you, what, what are you at? What, like, what's your stress look like? I, ooh, um, well, I purposely go online and read things that I know will piss me off. Cause I just <laughs> don't want to, I don't want to be in a bubble where I think for sure that my candidate is going to win this presidential election mm-hmm. and then be beside myself if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I, I just let myself get into a rage where I genuinely consider like violence. Like I, I, I talk <laughs> a good game, but I'm not actually a violent person. I've never been in a fight or really hurt anybody um, physically. That is, I'm, I can be pretty mean, mm-hmm. but I, I really get to the point of like rage where the thought of like, just punching someone in the face gives me pleasure. And that's just not a good state of mind to be in, especially at any length, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just it. I'm like, I'm like seeking to be that angry, but then it exhausts me almost immediately. Yes. I kind of feel the same way. I feel like my stress is manifesting as an exhaustion and my brain feels like mush because of the cycle, right? Uh, The device dependency to doom scroll, right? As the new word that's been coming out. Uh, And my brain is turning to mush because like I just spend too much time looking for that thing. And I think really, I've been pretty good about it. I think for me, it was like, as soon as Trump got COVID, I'm like, I want to check every two minutes to see if he's hurt or sick or whatever. And so, and so it's like, all right, got to breathe. got to be more mindful. Right. And, and say, okay. And you know, so what else am I feeling? So fatigue, right. I can't get through the day. I, you know, I didn't have coffee until 12 today and I was like barely awake driving into work. So the, you know, what, what is it that's specifically affecting you and, and like that will help out. Then, you know, obviously step two is identifying what we're stressed out about. So it's very clear that you and I are probably fitting into this camp of, you know, for me, it's COVID, uh, you know, always for me, it's like finances because I'm, I own a pharmacy. And if any of my pharmacist, uh, uh, peers are out there listening, they can totally relate to that concept. But the idea that I don't set the prices for the things that I sell and on a major, in a majority of situations, I don't get paid what it costs me to fill, fulfill my services. Right. So mm-hmm. if a prescription, uh, cost on average in the new England area, about $15 to dispense with the lights and the technicians and the labels and the, all the technology costs about 15 bucks to do that. And most of the time we get paid less than that. I was actually doing a marketing exercise with one of my team members yesterday, and I had to take a break to check a prescription and I made eight cents over the cost of the drug on the prescription. That's not even figuring in all of the other stuff. It wasn't $15 and eight cents. It was eight cents 
period. So, and that's that. So like finances for me are the constant kind of source, but a lot of us are in this state of, okay, like uh, doom scrolling and, and the, uh, the world. Right. So I actually had a part of the reason I wanted to do this is because I had a gentleman come in just the other day and he said that he was stressed because he was diagnosed with herpes simplex virus. He got it from his girlfriend. She didn't really know that she had it. Yada, yada, yada. It's not a big deal. And what I said to him was like, listen, man, like chill, like the, the, almost half of us have it. Right. It, it's a thing that we all have. Right. And um, and it was it was funny because his his stress is that he doesn't want to be stressed or tired. And then because that will make his immune system weak and he'll have an outbreak. So. So he's stressing himself out though, and he's not sleeping because he's worried that he'll have an outbreak if he doesn't stress and doesn't sleep. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it can be a cycle. And a lot of this stuff is secular, um, circular, cyclical, cyclical thinking. Yeah. Cyclical thinking. (laughs) And it just kind of pulls you down in like this horrible, like vortex. Right. And again, a handful of people I would say are stressed about the upcoming election. (laughs) And maybe some folks are having a difficult time with COVID. So there's a bunch of stuff that people are are generally stressed out about. And again, you need to hear, just like that gentleman needed to hear, is that it's okay. A lot of us are in this weird place. There is an overwhelming weirdness and horribleness uh, associated with existence right now, a a dread, right? And so there's there's a lot of layers to that. So be, you know, know that it's a shared experience, I guess, right? Step three in our stress management is the chicken and the egg situation, right? So what other things could be a problem, right, that are making me stressed or making the stress worse? Do I feel like garbage because I'm also not eating or am I taking lots of supplements to chill out and I'm and I'm just out of it because I'm over sedated or I'm taking too many products and it's making me feel like crap? Uh, am I dependent upon my device and that's making my stress worse? So what other factors are kind of coming into play that are, are complicating how you feel? Um, a common example. So we have a lot of, uh, folks over 70, I would say that come to me and say, uh, I'm, I've got dementia. I'm worried about my dementia and they've never been officially diagnosed. Of course, they just are starting to have their memory slip. And I say, listen, I, my memory slips like 17 times a day when I'm talking, my memory slips. That's why I stutter so much, right? Because I'm so distracted by everything. And right. so what I say to those folks is like, are we doing everything correctly? Are you eating correctly? And, and sure enough, in a lot of the situation, in fact, I just had one of my 80 year old patient couples. Um, one is diagnosed. One is just feeling a little like uh, memory lapses. I told them to tweak their diet, increase their fluids, get rid of the junk food, start to clean up their meals and eat healthy foods and healthy meals and healthy snacks. And she said within days, she felt so much better and she couldn't believe it was just something as simple as that. And so what are the other factors that could contribute? So we have to think about the chicken and the egg here. So am I stressed out because of my choices? Right. And so it's, it's really about getting some clarity. And so along the lines of clarity, step four is getting clarity about what the paradigm should be for treatment. So what are we doing when it comes to treatment? Because a lot of people look for the Band-Aid for the bullet hole or they look for the supplement to save the day, right? So how mm. do we treat stress effectively? And so in my model of true holistic care, the holistic standard, It says that almost all conditions or health concerns that pop up require us to first address our lifestyle choices to ensure that they themselves aren't contributing to the problem, just as I said in the last piece, right? Chicken or the egg. So Mm -hmm. the wellness pyramid, nutrition, exercise, sleep, 
stress management itself and environment. So we have to make healthy choices to ensure that it's not contributing to how we feel. So, um, so we have to figure out the chicken and the egg. We have to make sure that we're doing all the lifestyle stuff, uh, not only to prevent it from contributing, but also it probably will help us as in the example of the dementia, uh, fearing patients that I just gave. So again, if you're not eating correctly, my problem, right, was high blood pressure, right? If I'm mm -hmm. not eating, like, what is that doing to my stress, right? And my ability to handle it. And it makes a lot of sense instead of trying to treat my nutrition, my high blood pressure and my um, overweight issues with supplements, it makes way more sense to eat better, right? So we have to <laughs> remember that. So part of this whole thing is proper stress management. The wellness pyramid, one of the pillars is stress management. So we need proper management techniques in our lives as the major contributor towards feeling better. So there are no shortcuts. So the idea that I can take a supplement and not have to do the heavy lifting, that's not true. Just like all of that stupid stuff with my excess weight, right? Mm. So there are a number of supplements and medicines that can help with the symptoms that we've identified before because that's what you yourself, you're individually experiencing, right? And they can serve as a bridge between where you are and where you need to be, but they're not the car. You're the car. You got to get over that bridge to the other side and, and you're the only one that can do that. So, I mean, I can calm you down, right? I can sedate you. I can put you in a coma if you want. Um, we can help with your sleep. We can help with some of the fatigue. I can help you pick out a diet, but it's only going to go so far. And we have to build out these stress management techniques. And so what happens in some folks, and this is why I say all of this, is because, uh, you know, you get almost like a stress tolerance change. So you, you get a really effective regimen, but they don't make the healthy changes. Now they can handle more stress because they don't feel as bad as they did before. Right. And guess what you mm. get? That you get me. <laughs> I was on Lexapro actually for 10 years before I started working with Dr. Dresdale, my therapist, to fix the problem once and for all. And basically my manifestations of stress was physical. I felt stress like almost like a cardiac uh, emergency, chest pain radiating down the left arm, numb jaw. That's how I felt. When I took the Lexapro, I didn't have that, but then I wasn't putting into place all the stuff that I needed to do. And so that just means I could take on more. Right. And so now I'm in this place where I I'm doing all the physical stuff still, you know, and I have to slow it down, you know. Um, so so that's an important thing to consider. Stress management is going to be a major part of this conversation, as well as the other lifestyle choices need to be addressed to make sure that we're truly managing stress correctly. What do you think about all of that? Can you handle that? Uh, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> So I, mean, I was just thinking about like, I have one friend who is generally sickly and she tells me like her symptoms all the time. You know, we talk every day and every time I, cause I've told her this and I don't want to harangue her. Mm -hmm. So now I just think to myself, you really need to stop with the energy drinks and you need to eat less garbage, like stop stopping at Burger King. You need to eat mm. better. You need to stop smoking and you need to stop smoking so much weed. Yeah. And as much as I love smoking weed and we advocate for C CBD and all that, mm -hmm. weed is still a drug. And if it's not helping you, it's hurting you. And as much as it's fun, you know, it 
it's probably getting in the way of a lot of your productivity. Like I hate to be yeah. a wet blanket about it, but I personally have to like keep it to the weekends or when I'm not working because I know it gets in my way. And as adults, we have to admit when something isn't serving us, even if we like it. That's right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is behavioral. You know, um, I would say just in general, along with this paradigm change, we have to understand how our culture has really kind of failed us and other cultures where stress mm -hmm. management, mindfulness meditation is a part of the culture. Uh, they deal with all of this stuff way better. And I would say for us, I always find that people are the worst during the quiet because that's when that part of your brain starts to talk and chatter and tell you all the negative stuff that it likes to tell you. And that's what leads to the stress. Um, and so in other cultures, it, it's taught that, listen, that's just a clump of cells in your brain that's talking smack. You need to be focused on what's real, what's going on right now. And um, so it is an American problem. When we talk about the mental health problems in America, it's not that we're all bipolar or we all have depression or anxiety. That's secondary to this more important problem, the, the more real problem that we are not mindful of mm. reality, you know, and, and that's, th there's a gap between what's real and what we're projecting into the world. And that's the mental health problem here in this country. So, so along those lines, I would say we've written a number of uh, pieces of content. We even have Dresdale on the podcast a couple of times talking about this stuff. One of my first interviews with, with him. And I think I like remember bringing my gear to his, his place and we had to like hold the microphone and it was horrible. And we were both super nervous because we hadn't done it before and, and we were just making each other nervous. So, uh, we did a better one, uh, around resolution. So you should definitely check that out and get into that mindfulness meditation mindset. Cause that is what will save the day. So, uh, in within this, the the paradigm, uh, we have to know what what treatment options are actually available. So when I have discussion with these folks about anything wellness related, my first step is kill the wellness chaos. Kill the chaos. There are a billion products out there, and they're all advertising like crazy because us Americans, we Americans, we don't like facts we want to be marketed to, right? So they're advertising this product for stress or the adrenal that, you know, and I hear this all the time. I tried one, I worked for a bit, then I went to this one and Bob told me I need adaptogens. And then I started a B complex because I wanted more energy and on and on and on, right? So let's get some clarity around what are the real options? What are the ingredients that are found in these adrenal complexes? And then maybe we can make better decisions. Okay. Mm. Most of the stress treatments that are available are botanical in nature, and that means herbs, mushrooms, or just plants in general, right? And sometimes you'll find some vitamins or micronutrients. B vitamins seem to be depleted in stress situations, uh, but that doesn't mean that B complex will actually make you feel any better. Foods rich in B, though, like organ meats or grains, all of that stuff can actually make people feel better if they're in a constant state of stress, Okay. But otherwise, we can put stuff into different categories. So the first category and the one that's predominant here is a calming agent, right? So some degree of sedation, right? Hmm. These are supplements that will suppress your central nervous system to some degree. And so, again, they're causing calm or some sort of drowsiness. So, for example, holy basil, passion flower. Right? These are the things that you'll find, um, or even CBD will fit into this bin. These are the things that if you take, you will feel calmer. 
right? Um, uh, it's the equivalent in the drug world to say like benzodiazepines, like Xanax and Valium and, and other like more conventional sedatives, right? And is there a benefit to these things? I would say, yeah. You know, uh, if you're wired, if you're anxious, if the problem is panic, calming agents definitely help out. And even with sleep, right? What's the difference between a calming agent and a sleep agent? It's really like the intensity, you know? And that's really how these things differ. You know, what's the difference between holy basil and passion flower? Yeah, sure, there's some micro, you know, mechanism of action differences. But in general, when we're talking, you know, you and I, we're talking about like the intensity. How intense is this effect and how long will it last? You know, some folks will say, I don't like melatonin. Well, it's not really the melatonin that's your problem. It's the fact that you took too high of a dose. So you got too high of an intensity and then it lasted way too long. And so if you scaled it back and you timed it correctly, then uh, you wouldn't have those negative problems. Uh, and same thing with these kinds of calming agents. Another group of things, as I just said, is like vitamins and minerals and micronutrient, micronutrients. These are like the ABCs or whatever's, right? Um, how beneficial they'll be, you know, that's up for debate. I don't really feel like isolated micronutrients, the HD Sims, high dose synthetic isolated micronutrients are going to actually be anything beneficial for most folks. Um, I'd rather people get some sort of like true whole food supplement, uh, a B complex, uh, than like the more conventional stuff that it just lists like the six B's and has like 5,000 your daily, 5,000% of your daily allowance. Right. Um, I've had better results with those kinds of things, but you'll see them. And, you know, again, the point of going through these different categories is like, you never want to look at the front of a bottle. Um, the front of the right. bottle is more the marketing, the naming, the claims, all the nonsense. You turn the bottle to the supplement facts panel, and that's what you want to look at. You want to see what these actual ingredients are. And like, I know it looks like a foreign language to most people, but you just take your time, go one line at a time and say, what is this? So if it says vitamin A, then you know there's a vitamin in there. If you see an herb, you can say, okay, well, this is an herb. So what can the herbs do for stress? Well, we said calming, right? That's one of the things that they can do. And so you can actually like write down the list and then write down what each one of the things do does. And then you get a better understanding of what the product is that you're taking, right? Um, the third category of things you'll find in these stress supplements are glandular products, right? Cortisol is a hormone and is excreted by our adrenal glands during that fight or flight stuff, right? Some folks believe that adrenal fatigue is a real thing. I would say that adrenal fatigue isn't not necessarily like a real medical condition, but the effects of chronic stress certainly are. And mm. I think using the terms adrenal fatigue actually is um, it's kind of like the wrong words, okay? Um, and some of those folks that are into this believe that you need to put some cortisol in because you've had such chronic stress that you don't, you're not producing enough cortisol. And that makes sense. It's just not something that has been like proven clinically relevant unless it's like far on one end of the spectrum or the other. So I just like to tell people like, mm, I don't know, right? Um, mm. So what, what the point of this is, is that the supplement you buy probably doesn't have a lot of cortisol in it. It'll say like adrenal glands. They're using animal glands. Uh, that's why they call them glandular products. And mm. they'll be using an animal's adrenal gland. So they'll take their kidneys and they'll pull, pull off the adrenal glands and then they'll dry it, chop it up. And there it is. It's in your product. So I'm obviously not a big fan of this, right? There's two, I've looked at the certificate of analyses between lots of adrenal products. And I will tell you that there may be cortisol in there, but the amount in one lot versus another could be radically different, right? 
And they're not standardizing it to the cortisol level. That's an important thing to remember. They're standardizing it to the amount of adrenal gland that they put in. So imagine if you chop up a adrenal gland and you don't mix it correctly. Well, some of that is just gland. There's nothing there. And some of it will have cortisol, right? So even if you do mix it correctly, who knows? One gland group of glands could have more cortisol than others. So there's just too much variance between the lots of the actual hormone that you're getting. So, and you'll, is it possible that this is the basis for the QAnon conspiracy theories? <laughs> what is what, what that they're taking you too know, much cortisol? They think that, uh, you know, Democrats and Hollywood elites are uh, harvesting adrenochrome from trafficked children you know, I was at the most recent uh, human trafficking Democrat meeting the other night, and I don't think that we were talking about adrenochrome. We were talking about like I think there's something in the toenails. I think that's what what it is. It was like we take. Toenails. I had no idea you were so important. <laughs> yeah, it it's really. I hope just like I hope flat earthers aren't real people. I hope <laughs> that this is is just a spoof. I know it started as a spoof. And I, I really, really, really hope that it's just a spoof, but whatever. Um, no, I, I don't I don't know. But no, the adrenal glands have been used for a long period of time. And again, another aside, when it comes to hormone therapy, we don't want variants. We want consistency. All right. And mm -hmm. it's very difficult to do that with cortisol because your stress levels are going to change moment to moment. And so even more so than something like insulin, where, you know, based on your body's needs, the blood sugar will change pretty dramatically. That's very difficult to manage on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Now they have technology that can do it pretty well, you know, the insulin pumps and such, but we don't have that for cortisol, you know? So just blanket right. hitting, hitting yourself with cortisol isn't really the best idea, especially since it's technically a steroid, right? So it can suppress your immune system. Mm, and that's the opposite of what we need right now. For faux show. And the, so the last category of stuff is adaptogens. These are other things that are found in stress supplements and, these are botanical compounds that belong to this special class. Now, folks that advocate for adaptogens believe that they modulate our stress response. So meaning if you need a little boost, it'll give you a little boost. And if you're having too much stress, it's going to calm down that particular system. Um, so I will say it, that sounds awesome, right? It sounds like exactly what you would want. But the adaptogen mm -hmm. science is a bit, I guess, unsteady. Um, these products have always made some folks feel better, right? People will take adaptogens and they'll feel better. So that is not something I'm debating here. But there isn't really a great explanation for the science behind adaptogens. So, you know, I we have uh, research folks that work for us and they're looking and we've had interns take on this project. And all the papers that we find that talk about the actual mechanism of action of adaptogens are written pretty much by just one dude that works for an adaptogen company. Um, hmm. So that is a bit of, bias. We haven't found a lot of unbiased information. And this kind of model of therapy is a little tough for most conventional folks to follow because, you know, we don't really have that. Um, our current understanding of like conventional medicines and, and, and just most medicines is like a lock and key system, right? Um, mm -hmm. So you have a drug, it's a key and it unlocks a lock and then stuff happens, right? Um, opens a door, you know, stuff goes in, stuff goes out. And yeah, you can, you can have competing, competing mechanisms and, and, and such to have a more sophisticated response, but these adaptogens are kind of weird. 
otherwise. So the analogy, if we have lock and key for conventional drugs, the adaptogens would be like some sort of like sophisticated scientist that's shrunk down and he's in like a little spaceship flying around with like some sort of artificial intelligence, you know, switching on and off systems in your blood vessels as it needs it. And that's, that's hard to understand. Like, how does it truly modulate a response? Uh, you know, so whenever somebody <laughs> says that stuff to me, I get a little uh, nervous. Again, I'm not saying that they don't work. I just haven't had the best explanation about how they really work. So here's what I have to say about adaptogens. The most success I've had with adaptogens are the ones that have a calming effect on people. And I believe that that's where most people are getting the success from is that they're not modulating your stress. They're just kind of calming you. They're chilling you out a little bit. They're being central nervous system depressants to some degree, right? I don't know what they're doing otherwise, but that's true. So they're probably more subtle than some of those bigger guns that are out there, right? Like a Valium, something like that, right? And I don't give up on these things like 100%, but I just don't believe that we really understand them as the blogosphere makes you. Because if you read about adaptogens, like the superficial stuff, they are very confident about how great they are and how everybody needs them and, and you know, what they do in your body. And it's kind of like the science really isn't there in my reading of it. So, hmm. so that's the clarity. So that's the, those are the options that you have. So these are the different things that we can use to treat our individual kind of pieces. And so the, the fifth and final step is really, and this is where I'm honest with everybody. It's just experimentation, man. Like you just have to play around. So first thing you put some mindfulness meditation practices in place and we can elaborate on this. And there's lots of different things that you can do to help you gain perspective. And there's things that you can do to get, you know, balance. And there's things that you can do to calm yourself down and, and, uh, you know, distractions and, you know, you can read a book and you can, you can go for a run and all of that stuff is still true. So you can make all those healthy lifestyle choice stuff, um, but I feel like a lot of people don't take it to heart, I guess. You know, I could I could yeah. add that in here. I would say that it's important to know truly what meditation is because this is the part that a lot of people have. Like, oh, I do meditation. Meditation isn't clearing your mind. It's just focusing all of your all the input onto one spot. So instead of all of your senses picking up everything, we're just focusing on how it feels to have our breath leave our nose. That's really it, or like our diaphragm moving up and down. Some singular place versus all of the different inputs. That's all we're trying to do. And then what ends up happening is that clump of cells in our brains that tell stories, make up thoughts, emotions, feelings, starts to chatter. And so meditation's only purpose is to say, there's the chatter again, let me go back to my breath. And that's it. And it's a difficult process. It's simple, but not easy. So that is a simple concept, but uh, sit down and do it. And your brain is just, you're just constantly playing ping pong and you don't feel very relaxed. (laughs) And then the other thing that this does is it doesn't fix you. It doesn't solve anything. This is not something that is a light switch that gets turned on and off. Meditation is wrestling a bear multiple times a day for the rest of your life. Um, But what I will tell you is that if you put the practice into place and really practice it 15 minutes twice a day and make it a habit, you will experience life at a completely different view, a completely different stress place, right? And so I think that's probably the the thing that is like an aha moment for most of my folks is it's not clearing your mind and it's not you're not going to win. It's not something that gets fixed. It's not like liver disease. Okay, I, I replaced my liver. I'm good. No, that's not happening. It's just something that you're going to have to do. 
That is probably the most concise description of meditation I've ever heard. Hey, look at that. I, do I get an award? Um, <laughs> I will well, get a certificate. I'll print it out. <laughs> Neil gave the most concise description of meditation Dana's ever heard. And I'm going to put it on the wall right behind me, right next to the BS free zone <laughs> the sign that I have here. So again, uh, we're putting a plan into place. So we got to meditate. We got to be mindful. We got to do whatever escapes that we can do to try to get our hands around this, address any other problem areas like nutrition and exercise and find any number of agents that are a good fit for you. Of course, strategic is important. So when it comes to calming, my go-to is CBD. I love that for people. It's just something that's super powerful that we didn't have before. And it's, and it's, you know, you can titrate it, you know, you have a really bad day, you can go extra, you want to sleep and go extra, that kind of a thing. Um, people that like have the endurance problem, my recommendations are typically, uh, mushroom therapy. So any number of mushroom therapies, my go-to of course is cordyceps. Now remember when it comes to mushroom therapy, you can't just buy any product. Most products aren't giving you real mushrooms. They're giving you mycelia and rice, which is basically just giving you sugar and none of the helpful, healthful, uh, ingredients. So, uh, somebody says, yeah, I'm having difficulty getting through the day. I'll normally say, yeah, try some cordyceps, see if that helps out at all. Um, the nice thing about that is that it also has those compounds in there that help support a healthy immune system. So that's cool for the folks that are lacking energy. I say, you know, uh, cocaine, you know, blow, it'll get you. Th- no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I normally will promote a whole food B complex. Um, the Nutriplex formulas, B food has been one of my mainstays for a decade now. And, um, it really has shown to be helpful for people that are having difficulty with energy, uh, far more than B complexes that are available. So I'll tell people that the combo products in general, or like these adrenal fatigue protocols that I see these charlatans are promoting. They're all for the birds. I think that the protocols, especially they're expensive and they're just formalized shots in the dark often enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's cheaper and more direct to just understand what I've just gone through, right? Understand what it is that we have, what is it that we're dealing with and what is it that we can do and then try to tailor a response. Right. Um, I, again, strip away that chaos, tackle the real issues, build in a lifelong stress management practice and then take those targeted supplements or even medicine therapy to address the specific symptoms that you're experiencing. And, and know that we're playing the long game with almost all of it. So the short-term stuff, like I need something for calming today, it's going to need some tweaking. You are going to have to experiment. You're not going to get 100% success. I, I did my blog this week about uh, collagen for gut health. And I showed four cases of how I fix people in like four freaking days. And a lot of people are like, woo. And I'm like, that was uh, all my best stories from the week. That's not real. It takes some time, right? So we need to tweak, we need to twerk <laughs> and we need to uh, know what to expect and when, and we have to be willing to give all of this stuff a fair shake, but then be cool with switching, like stopping and starting something else if it doesn't work out. And the, the point of all of this is like, just grabbing anything that mentions stress and then piling it on because it doesn't work is a bad idea. So many folks will come to me for sleep and I'll they'll have five different things. I started with this and it didn't work. So then I did this and, and stress is the same thing. There's seven freaking stress supplements in a regimen. Don't do that. Right. So, all right. Totally. The, all of this advice seems probably pretty generalized because it is, you know, uh, <laughs> tackling stresses. <laughs> it's an individual thing. You know, what's going on with you needs to be addressed. 
And of course, I offer the free 15-minute consults. We can try to help you out, build that strategy, you know, chart your course, give you the quick advice, tell you what to read, tell you what to do to get started. So that's woodstockvitamins.com slash consult. And none of our conversation got into the quality issues. I just mentioned mushroom quality for just a second. Uh, but you have to worry about, am I getting the right form of the herb or the mushroom? Is it the proper dose? Is it safe? Is it going to work with my body correctly? And there's so much to unpack with supplement quality. It itself could give you anxiety. <laughs> and I don't want you to be stressed about your anxiety and stress management options. So um, so know that I got your back when it comes to that stuff. You know, Just make that stepwise approach and get something effective now to make you feel better soon, right? And all Word. of this, all of this is like, do it right once and for all. So I'm just going to leave you now with the summary. So what are you doing for your stress? So one, identify exactly it is one, it's identify exactly what it is that you're feeling. Step two is talk about all the other things that could be contributing to it. What is exacerbating it? What's making it worse, right? So I'm stressed out because of the election. I'm stressed out because of money. I'm stressed out for whatever reason. And all of the things that I'm doing aren't healthy either, right? Uh, then put into place some form of stress management like mindfulness or meditation. And again, listen to those other uh, podcast episodes to get more in depth, especially the resolutions one. And then put into place a, you know, a, a wellness plan that's more strategic. When you do that, you'll eventually then seek out supplements that are going to address your particular health concern or symptomology. So, so that is the summary. What do you think of all that? Do you feel less stressed or do you feel more stressed? <laughs> I, I think I got a pretty good handle on it. That was definitely decompressing. Listen, I need you and all the listeners to know that every time you say holy basil, I hear holy diver in my head <laughs> and replace it with holy basil. And now you and all your listeners will too. So, holy diver. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> one of the things that Dana will know is that I've really never liked my sign off the one that I've been using at the end of each episode, yeah. right? I just don't like it. I, it's just what I can come up with. I knew I needed one, so I'm going to change it up. So what do you think if I end with some health-related joke or quote? Some Something sarcastic. Oh, God. Okay, it, sarcastic, fine. You're like big on the dad jokes, so we'll just see how this plays out. <laughs> so I, I just think it'll be good because like, I think people it'll give people a reason to listen all the way to the end. You know, we don't do commercials. So like there's no skipping here. Right. Yeah. It's pretty dense. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, because my strategy has been like, let's just give the information right to the buzzer and then they have to listen to the end. Right. So. All right. I'm going to do my first closer joke and you can feel free to send in your jokes, too. That'll help me out. But this one's from a oh. local yokel. <laughs> So, and I feel like it helps because we're talking about stress. So, you know what they say, laughter is the best medicine, unless you mm -hmm. have diarrhea. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. All right, good. <laughs> and I will always be a 14-year-old boy laughing at poop and fart jokes for the rest of my life. So, thanks for Thank tuning you. in. I appreciate it. Be safe and be well.